The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality. Positive Messages. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Discover hope and healing from the other side. Welcome to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Listen, they're all around you, close as a thought or a memory. Messages of Hope. Hello, everybody. This is Suzanne Giesman, and today I'm coming to you from Denver, Colorado. Last week it was Manchester, England. This morning I was in Boise, Idaho. I have to tell you, my head is spinning with all this travel lately, but it's just so much fun getting out and about and sharing the messages of hope, the messages that life is eternal, that death is not the end. It's merely a transition. It was great to get right back in the saddle after I got back from England this week and adjusted to the time zone change and did a reading that was just so healing for a couple of parents who have a child on the other side. I was so filled with joy when the reading ended, seeing the transformation in this couple as they realized that their child was still right here with them. And my guest today knows this very well. She is Elizabeth Poisson, my dear friend and the co-founder of an organization that you need to know about if you or anyone you know has a child who has passed to the other side. And that organization is Helping Parents Heal. Elizabeth knows more than anyone what it's like to have a child transition because she has two children, but we'll let her tell you all about that. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Suzanne. I feel incredibly honored to be here, and I also just want you to know that um, we are here as Helping Parents Heal, thanks to your incredible efforts as well. I hope that we'll be able to talk a little later about your initiative of the Shining Light Parents, but um, yes, I'd love to tell a little bit about the story of Helping Parents Heal. Um, I, I actually do have two children on the other side. I have Chelsea, who passed in 1991. Uh, she was two days old when she passed in, um, in France. And then Morgan, who passed at the base camp of Mount Everest in Tibet um, in 2009, October 20th, 2009. Um, and I can go into those, uh, to, to his story if you'd like, or maybe, um, or what I would think you like me to go? It, it would be great if you tell people about 
how you found out that, that what was happening with Morgan while he was at base camp and what you experienced. It's a tremendous story. Many of you who follow my work know Elizabeth through my book, Still Right Here. And you may have heard this story in reading my book, but to hear it in her, her voice, to feel Elizabeth's beautiful energy is a whole different experience. So please share that with us. Well, thank you. And I must say that I feel so I feel so grateful whenever I am able to tell this story because um, it was such an amazing experience for me to have this happen. I I must say that I'm I'm not I was never very religious. I was spiritual. I had been practicing yoga before Morgan passed, um, but actually, when this happened, he was on a trip with 13 other students from the University of Arizona, and they went up to from Lhasa, which was 11,000 feet, to the base camp of Mount Everest at 19,000 feet, much too quickly. You should usually only go up about 2,000 feet a day, and they went up in one day. Um, all of the kids were very, very sick. Morgan, being as tall as he is, he's a six foot six. I, I speak of him in the present tense, but uh, six foot six, and um, he was kind of a uh, he was the dad of the whole group. He was taking care of the girls who were throwing up. He was taking there. There were there were some really difficult things happening. People were actually urinating on themselves in the bus because of the fact that this was. These were all signs of altitude sickness. But because everyone was so disoriented, no one recognized them. <laughs> and although there were supposed to be two professors present uh, on the way up. They weren't able to go, so they had a Chinese tour guide who was taking them, who really wanted to rush everybody up as quickly as possible. And um, so when they did get to the base camp, um, Morgan started feeling more and more disoriented, had a terrible migraine, and went to bed early that night. Um, he woke up, actually... He, he was waking up during the night and wandering around this yurt, which was a big open space where all these kids were were sleeping, calling everybody by the wrong name, but they just thought that um, he was kind of sleep sleepwalking. And at 9 a.m. when they were supposed to leave, he was foaming at the mouth and they couldn't wake him up. Um, one of the kids on the program, uh, his mom, um, is a is a doctor, and so he called her on his cell phone and asked what to do, and she said, get him down the mountain as quickly as possible to a lower altitude. And these poor kids, Morgan was six foot six, and he was 280 pounds, so the 13 of them loaded him onto the bus, and they started down the mountain. Um, very shortly after, he completely stopped breathing, and so they stopped the bus, pulled him off to try to do CPR, although I don't think any of these kids really had any experience with CPR. They had another bus coming up the mountain that did have someone that was helping them, but at that moment, um, the director of the program was able to reach me by cell phone, um, and he said that he had the cell phone number of Morgan's roommate from... Nanjing, where he was studying, and if I wanted, I could give him a call. I don't think that the director knew at that time how serious it was, and when I called Colin, uh, he very maturely and kindly told me, Miss Boisson, I don't think that he is going to make it. 
And I said to Colin, um, please, could you put the phone to Morgan's ear? And even though he was undergoing CPR, wasn't breathing, I told him that we loved him, that we were proud of him, and not to be afraid. And at that moment, I felt him hug me from the inside. I was in my office here in Cave Creek, Arizona. He was thousands of miles away at the base camp of Mount Everest, but I felt it. And at that moment, I knew that love never dies. I knew that he was with us and that he was going to be with us forever. And as a matter of fact, um, I know that I've explained this to you, but it was pretty amazing because the conversation calmed me down so much that Cyril thought there was nothing wrong. So he tried to get the phone from me to say hi to Morgan. And I said, no, honey, he's gone. And I didn't say that in English because he's French, but um, Cyril was devastated. My girls were devastated, but I knew at that moment that we were going to be okay and that Morgan was never going to leave us. I mean, for those of you listening, I don't know many people who would react the way you did, Elizabeth, at that time. I mean, to to have somebody tell you that they don't think your child is going to make it and you're holding, they're holding the phone to his ear and you're having what you know is your last conversation with him, even though it was one way. I know that you said it as calmly as you did then. I mean, j- just what you said, for those of you listening, she, she turned to her husband and, and just as calmly as you said it here, let him know that he had passed. It's Where did that strength come from? Well, and I, I just have to explain, because I don't ever want any other parents to think that... Um, that, you know, this is the way that things are supposed to happen, that we're supposed to have that connection right away. I was very fortunate and unfortunate to have had this happen to me in 1991 with Chelsea. And I think that having it happen and knowing that she was, uh, and, and actually feeling as though when this happened to Chelsea, that I had one foot over there and one foot here, kind of made me ready to have this happen to Morgan and to be in touch with him and feel like he was a part of my life immediately. So um, I, I think that that was a huge part of it. And I think that the fact that I was practicing yoga twice a day at the time really, really allowed me to be centered enough to be able to feel that hug when I got it. <laughs> wow. So can you, you've said this, uh, you call it a hug from the inside. I'd like to challenge you a little bit to put that in different words. What was that feeling like physically, emotionally, spiritually? You know, it's so interesting because I've had other psychic mediums who have described Morgan's presence when he comes through to them. And one of them said, it's almost as though I've just drunk a glass of red wine, and it's moving through my body. That sounds a little less, um, I don't know, uh, maybe elegant than just saying hug, hug me from the inside, but that's exactly the way it is. What happens is that it starts from the lower end of my torso, maybe from your root chakra, if you're talking in yoga terms, uh-huh. and it moves all the way up through my body, and I feel as though... And and this hug kept coming after this had happened, and it always came when I felt like I was going to start to cry. I was, you know, that I was getting really sad, 
he never let me cry. He kept on. Every time that would happen, I would all of a sudden feel this warm feeling that just kind of engulfed me. That's and, beautiful. Um, allowed me to keep moving forward. Well, it shouldn't surprise you that I sense him with us here now. He's a very strong spirit of a strong soul. <laughs> and, and for some reason, he's showing me like the Energizer Bunny. You always see the Energizer Bunny beating on a big bass drum that's held vertically. <laughs> he's showing me holding some big drum and beating it like that. Does that have any meaning for you? Why is he doing that? Well, let me think about this. I, I think that what he's telling me right now, because I'll tell you, now that the now that the group has grown so much, especially after the conference, I feel that I'm working harder now. And I think even Irene Bubalitas, who, uh, you know, is the chairman of the conference, I feel like we're both working harder than we've ever worked before. We have a lot of new affiliate groups coming online. We have a lot of new meetings happening it's all very exciting, but it's exhausting. Too. Okay, so and you're beating the drum for people. I get it. <laughs> so let's tell those who aren't familiar with your group, tell them um, how Helping Parents Heal evolved. Uh, it's amazing to me how the, the ori- or original roots of the organization. Sure, I'd love to. First of all, I think that it, it's important to know that The first thing that anyone wants to do, I think, if they are a parent who's had a child transition, is to find someone else that has had this happen, because I didn't know anyone at the time. And so I went online, I was looking for groups in the area, and I would go to group meetings or I would go to online meetings, and unfortunately, I would usually end up feeling a little worse than I did before I ever went to the meeting. And it was basically because... Nobody was acknowledging this connection that I felt with Morgan. I wanted to kind of talk about all these amazing signs that were happening to me right when this happened because it wasn't just that hug. It was a lot of stuff that was going on in my life. <laughs> and then I also, um, so so I tried very hard to figure out um, how, how to, you know, find a group like this I didn't see anything else. This was in 2009 that actually acknowledged a connection with our kids once they uh, once they transitioned. So I started this a week later on Facebook, the group, and I started um, adding members, people that I knew that I had met through other other places and times that actually had similar connections with their kids. And um, by the time that I met um, Suzanne uh, Wilson, and I I mean, this is a whole other story, and Mark Ireland, who actually three years later uh, came together with me to form um, Helping Parents Heal, um, I had already had a, a physical meeting in January of 2010. So he passed in uh, October of 2009. The meeting in January of 2010 had about, as Mark was saying last night, I guess, about 40 people, and we met to discuss Mark Ireland's book, Soul Shift, Finding Where the Dead Go. This Um, is amazing, if I could just interrupt. And what was the original name of the group? The original name of the group, and this came to me very quickly, but unfortunately, immediately after I decided on it, I wanted to change it, and with Facebook, it was very difficult to do so, but it was Parents United in Loss. 
I, I realized very quickly that we haven't lost anything. Our kids are not lost. They are with us every step of the way. So I tried desperately to change it on Facebook. It took a lot of doing. Facebook's sometimes a little complicated in terms of uh, changing names and things like that. But we did name the group and name the website and name everything else um, Helping Parents Heal. And could I just read our mission statement so that people kind of get an idea of what? Okay, thank you. It's um, We're a nonprofit organization dedicated to assisting bereaved parents to become shining light parents by providing support and resources to aid in the healing process. We go a step beyond other groups by allowing the open discussion of spiritual experiences and evidence for the afterlife in a non-dogmatic way. Affiliate groups welcome everyone regardless of religious or non-religious background and allow for open dialogue. So that was at the base of everything that we wanted to do was to be able to allow parents an open forum to talk about their kids because they're (laughs) right here with us. (laughs) <laughs> Listen to the. I hope those of you listening can feel the joy in Elizabeth. You cannot be in her presence and not find yourself smiling because she has an ever-present smile on her beautiful face. But this group that you co-founded with Mark Ireland has grown from forty people in just three months after your son Morgan passed to the other side. Most people are just opening the blinds on their windows three months after passing, you know, just crawling back into life again. But you have already founded an organization with 40 people, and now you've just surpassed another milestone. How many members do you have? Um, Well, over 11,000, and I feel very, very um, grateful for all of those members because we've never done any kind of advertising except the wonderful things that you've said about our group, the wonderful things about, you know, other people have said, but mostly because the kids are bringing all of their parents to us. <laughs> it's a joint effort, Elizabeth. It's the kids on the other side influencing the minds of their parents saying, hey, you have to keep digging, go online, read books, find out that I'm still here. And then it's word of mouth from the people who just like you go to other bereavement group meetings and come out more depressed than other or 20 years later still depressed whereas with your meetings they walk in and say wait a minute these people aren't all crying there might be some newbies who are crying but they're smiling they're laughing they're friends you know what what happens in your meetings that makes that possible Well, I I must say, and this might sound a little strange, but I know that I have heard people tell me that we have four warrior angels that are actually wonderful angels that stand at all four corners of the room. I can feel the kids in every single meeting. I feel like those warrior angels are there to protect us and to allow us to move forward. I know that, um, you know, the kids, kids are wanting us to come to those meetings so that we can heal. They're getting us together to be able to allow us to move forward together. And the really great thing about the meetings is that we do have newbies, as you say, people who are new. We have people who are farther down this path who are, as we say, shining light parents. And I'd love to maybe get that description uh, in here and and how that came about if you want to maybe just talk a little bit about that because I know you have in other 
uh, shows, but, um, you know, the ones who have been down the road who understand that their kids are happy, healthy, and whole and who want to reach out a hand and help the, the new ones who are there. And so the, the whole point of the meetings is, as I tell everyone, please go home with at least one friend so that you can do something outside of these meetings. You can go on a hike. You can go out to dinner. But very frequently when we are a group of Shining Light parents in a restaurant, we'll be the loudest ones in the restaurant laughing and making noise and People sometimes will ask waiters, what's what's going on with yeah. that group over there? <laughs> exactly. And we'll talk about and, Shining Like Parents yeah. after the break at the bottom of the hour. Yeah. But yeah. you just had your first, what will be a semi-annual or every other year conference, the first Helping Parents Heal National Conference. And you had about 500 attendees. And my husband, Ty, mentioned that if anybody who was visiting the hotel where that conference was held had walked into the banquet Saturday night in the ballroom and seen this sea of tables with people sitting at them, laughing, smiling, hugging each other. He he said you would have thought it was a celebration of something, and it was. It was a celebration that our kids were there with us at the conference, that our kids who had passed were were gathered around with us, and that we had found this group of kindred spirits who whose friendships were so much deeper because we'd all been through that that suffering that comes in the immediate passing of a loved one, but had found our home with these fellow members of this wonderful organization you started. And, you know, you just gave me goosebumps, but I want to tell you that my husband, Cyril, was going around before the banquet, and there were so many parents who were saying, this is the first time we've dressed up since our son or daughter passed. This is so exciting to us. And it is exciting to be able to be with a whole bunch of other people who get it and who are not going to judge, who understand completely the space that you are in right now. You don't have to necessarily be moving forward at the same pace as anyone else. But the fact that we know that we're moving forward with our kids every step of the way is the most important part of this whole thing and that they will never leave our side. And when we have people and lots of people try to try to be nice and say, say silly things, unfortunately, like people who say, you've got to move on. Okay, I think the most important thing for any Shining Light parent or any parent to say, okay, I am moving on, but I am moving on and my son or daughter is moving with me the whole way. So we're moving on from that terrible grief that we are in initially, but not ever moving away from our kids because they, they share in every single special moment that we have. They, as a matter of fact, George Anderson says that the day that we cross over and we see our kids, it's going to be as though not a second has passed. And I truly believe that because they, they share in everything that we're doing right now. That's right. And they will appear as you would remember them, no matter how many years have gone past. And they have that ability. I want to make a comment for those of you listening who do not have a child on the other side. I hope that you can extrapolate from this the fact that any loved one you have who has passed, be it a spouse, a sibling, uh, 
mother, father, it's the same thing. They are still very much with you. We just happen to be speaking about this organization for Shining Light Parents, which we'll talk about that term after the break. But uh, we need to have more support groups that allow this open acknowledgement that death is not the end, this open celebration that when we get together to talk about our our loved ones who have passed, they're right there with us. Yes, and I I feel so honored and grateful to be in your book still right here because I think that that's such a perfect example of how our kids do share in everything that we do, that all all five of our kids were a part of that trip the whole time that we were there, and um, and they do. They, they go to every wedding that we experience, every graduation, every... Um, every special holiday, Thanksgiving, uh, anything that's happening uh, during the holiday season, they're there with us. And so that's that's a very important point for people to understand. They they're not they're not separate from us. They're not someplace else. They're right here. Yeah. This this reading I did yesterday for the two parents, uh, their child on the other side showed me that one of them was having a birthday right around now, and indeed it was the dad. And then the the child on the other side held up something in my mind's eye that was something that they always uh, did on their birthdays. So this this is not just something nice that we say that they're with you on your birthdays. They really are just a, through yeah. this this veil that unfortunately doesn't allow us to see them, but but. Boy, if we could all get that hug like you get from Morgan, wouldn't that be a blessing? Yeah, I I feel very fortunate, and you're right. I feel that the veil is very thin, but I also believe that the veil is becoming thinner. I think that as we move forward, um, more and more people, and this is something that I also want parents to understand, we're all capable of connecting with our children or with our loved ones on the other side. So if it's a parent or if it's a spouse or anyone else, I, I truly believe that um, Suzanne gives some incredible classes to be able to help to connect with our, our children. Suzanne Wilson as well, and you guys do those together frequently as well. And um, the more that we put our minds being able to do this kind of thing, I think the more that we will be able to get those hugs from the inside and also be able to even start communicating with our kids. Well, that is the goal of just about every one of your members. We, The, the yeah. beautiful part about following your Facebook page is seeing the posts when the parents write in the beautiful signs and synchronicities from their kids. When they talk about readings they've had with mediums that that shares their excitement. And that's how the other parents can say, wow, you mean I, I should be paying attention to those kind of signs and and I had that happen myself, and I didn't realize that that's what's going on. So you, you're doing a lot of educating as well. So the time's going quickly. Please come back after the break, and we're going to talk a lot more with Elizabeth Boisson and Helping Parents Heal. Discover the power within. 
Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. As Unity Online Radio continues to expand its programming and outreach around the world, we depend on the generosity of listeners like you. If you enjoy the programming, please make your donation today by going to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate. Thank you for your support. Here's Eric Butterworth with a Unity Mindful Moment. Unfortunately, religions have tended to present themselves as institutions instead of perceptions, something you join instead of a transcendence that you experience. We've tended to believe that God works exclusively through the machinery of an institution. So it is self-evident that most persons believe that you go to church to get close to God. The fact is, if God is present in the church, God is also present in the theater. God is present, period, because God is an online presence, everywhere present. So you don't go to church to get close to God. But you go to church, perhaps, hopefully, to be challenged to dig within yourself and to find that consciousness of the presence that is with you wherever you go. So that wherever you go, wherever you are, God is. To pick up the Eric Butterworth book, Practical Metaphysics, go to unity.org and click on Shop. Since 1924, Daily Word has offered inspiration and practical teachings through daily prayer messages to help people of all faiths live happy, healthy lives. The magazine includes two months of daily affirmations, messages, articles, and spiritual poetry to help you get inspired. Subscriptions are available for print editions in large type and Spanish, as well as the digital subscription package that includes the online magazine with audio, smartphone app, and daily email. Get your subscription today. Visit dailyword.com or unity.org. Did you know you can reach Unity's 24-7 prayer ministry online? You don't even have to give your name to know the prayers have begun for you or those you love. Someone has been praying around the clock at Silent Unity since 1890, and every request is taken into prayer for 30 days. Why not let us pray with you, too? To submit your prayer request to Silent Unity online, go to unity.org and click on prayer, or call 1-800-NOW-PRAY. Take a trip with Reverend Paul John Roach every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Central and tune in to World Spirituality. A lifelong student and practitioner of many world spiritual teachings, Paul guides you to the unity and common values shared by all world religions. We really are all connected. Take a journey with Paul and explore our planet's spiritual landscape with insight, humor, and practical advice for all. Join the show with your question or comment right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. Welcome back. You're listening to Messages of Hope with Suzanne Giesman. Welcome back indeed. I am just having such fun talking with Elizabeth Boisson, the co-founder with Mark Ireland of Helping Parents Heal. I haven't mentioned the website yet, Elizabeth, so how do they find you? It's pretty easy. It's Helping Parents Heal. So it's www.helpingparentsheal.org. 
And uh, there's a lot of good information there for parents if they're uh, if they're newly bereaved, if they're looking for a physical location. Um, but um, I, we also have a Facebook presence. We have uh, many affiliate groups have, who have their own Facebook pages. So it would be Helping Parents Heal Tampa, for instance, Helping Parents Heal Phoenix Scottsdale. Um, we also have our main Helping Parents Heal page. And we have an online group, which is Helping Parents Heal Online. And they have meetings that are in Zoom conference rooms. So although uh, you know we don't have physical locations everywhere, we only have about 50 locations right now, uh, the online group allows for people anywhere in the world to be able to take part in these discussions with some very esteemed uh, speakers who come and speak to the group. I think you, you're discounting how awesome that is to, from a ground-up effort, have 50 affiliate groups, not only in this country but abroad, meeting in person, some of them just a handful of people, some of them larger groups, but it's not about numbers. It's about providing that opportunity for people to get together and talk about their kids, talk about the the process that they're going through in coming to know that their kids are with them. So uh, they can find the affiliate groups near them by going to helpingparentsheal.org. Is that right? Yes, there's a groups page on there, and all you have to do is go on the drop-down menu. There's the Helping Parents Heal groups. We also have a group called Helping Siblings Heal. It's based out of the U.K. right now, but we also have an affiliate leader who's coming on board here, actually in Phoenix, and she's going to, she was one of the volunteers at the conference, and she is a uh, Shining Light sibling, and she's going to be taking over, um, her name is Kaylee, um, Savoy, and she's amazing, and I'm very excited about this because it's happened just recently, but we'll be having more Zoom meetings in the future for siblings as well. Wonderful. And Wonderful. just to go a little further with that one thought, um, siblings have a really hard road to hoe because I think that a lot of times siblings feel like they have to heal their parents before they can heal themselves, and so... It's really wonderful that they can get together and talk about this. Beautiful. Now, you also publish a monthly newsletter, and that is so full of magical stories of parents who have felt the presence of their kids and had synchronicities and had validations through uh, mediums, validations through uh, meetings with others. So they can sign up for that newsletter online. Isn't that right? Yes, they can sign up on the, the first page, so the home page of HelpingParentsHeal.org, and thank you. And I'll tell you that that newsletter just gets bigger and bigger every <laughs> month. It's wonderful because parents are constantly sending in these incredible validation stories. And then we also have some really exciting articles. We had one about... Um, religion and parapsychology that was written by Mark Ireland this month, which was very, very interesting. Um, We have a lot of information about our affiliate groups as well and what they're doing all over the country and the world as well. And um, other important information about upcoming conferences, such as the AREI conference in September. So, information about how to register and things like that, as well as our own conference that will be coming up pretty quick. 
<laughs> yeah, the AREI is the Afterlife Research and Education Institute Symposium. I'm, I've spoken of that two years in a row, but won't be able to go this year. But it, as always, will be a very informative uh, conference for anybody interested in the afterlife. And then you also mentioned another conference. I think you're going to have double the attendees in Charleston in 2020, Elizabeth, if you're not careful. Yes. And I'll tell you, I just want to give a shout out to Irene Vivalitis, who um, Yay, Irene. kind of forced me, kind of forced me to do this uh, conference that we had. The first one uh, said that it was going to be handled by the kids. It was going to be beautiful. I was a kind of a little bit of a doubting Thomas in the beginning, but I threw myself into it a hundred percent. She did as well. It turned out beautifully. And we actually had more people wanting to come than we could fit because we could only fit those 500 people. So we're, we have a bigger venue in Charleston, South Carolina. It, it will hold a thousand people and it'll be in 2020. So the weekend of April 13th through 15th, uh, no, 16th through 18th, I'm sorry. Uh, same weekend, but it's just a little bit different date of April of 2020. And I'll be there. I can't. Wait. Well, okay, wait, it. wait, wait. I have to go I have to go back here. I have to backtrack. Suzanne Giesman is going to be our very, very special and esteemed keynote speaker. Yes, I'm sorry. But we are yeah. so thrilled about that as well. Um Suzanne also spoke you you also spoke at the first conference and your speech about shining light parents just blew the roof off of that banquet hall. It was well, amazing. I, I just couldn't help but be inspired by all the, the feeling of all the kids that were there and to have their parents there just so hungry to know that they were right there and to, to share with them the evidence along with the other mediums that you had there at the conference to show them this is real. This is real. I want to move on. We'll get to Shining Lake Parents, the term, in just a sure, minute. But yeah. I want to tell people the the Facebook page uh, for Helping Parents Heal that you maintain has tributes every day on the birthday and what we call the angelversary, the date that their kids pass to spirit on that page. And I will be the first to admit it's like a double-edged sword because it can be painful to read those tributes because you think you feel the sadness of what the parents wrote about their children. But at the same time, mixed in with those tributes, you feel the love and then the other posts from parents with their signs, with their joy, mix in with it. So it's like a kind of a warning to people. Be prepared. This is an emotional Facebook page. But Elizabeth, you you post, you hand post every one of those tributes every day. And with 11,000 members, that's a lot of birthdays and angelversaries every day. Well, it is. But I have to tell you that the reason that I started doing this because the kids were pushing me to do this. They wanted to be celebrated. And I can tell you, I do it in the morning. When I get up in the morning, I feel the kids saying, okay, when are we going to have those posts? Come on, come on, post those. <laughs> and until well, I do post them, I, I all of a sudden just kind of put a sigh of relief out because it's so wonderful to get them up there and to know that they've been um, celebrated. And, you know, of course, sometimes they're a little sad, but, they, the, the most important thing, I think, for any shining light, bereaved, whatever type of parent you want to call, is that our children are never, ever forgotten, always remembered. And they will always re- be remembered on our site. And you know that tomorrow you will be seeing our Susan's 
uh, tribute pop-up because tomorrow yeah. is her angelversary. So I thank you in advance for posting that on the site. Uh, but I recall being on the trip with you that I wrote about in, in my book still right here. And there we were, we're on vacation and every morning, first thing, there's Elizabeth sitting at the table. She was not going <laughs> to delegate that to somebody while she was on vacation. I was so impressed with this woman's dedication. You're amazing. Oh, thank you. So, so let's <laughs> talk joy. about, we've, we've been using this term shining light parents several times. Why don't you talk about that? Well, I, I'm so thrilled because of the fact that Suzanne did come up with this beautiful term. And, from Spirit. Um, my, I, my team, Sanaya, gave me that Spirit. one. I don't take credit. I just asked the question. Sanaya did. Okay. Well, <laughs> Sanaya and the kids, I'm sure. But what yeah. was pretty amazing is that Caroline Chang, who's a close friend, and she has that beautiful show, Awake to, Awareness, uh, Aware, uh, to Oneness, and we were talking. I said, I hear that you are also a bereaved parent. I'm so sorry to hear this. And she said, no, I'm not a bereaved parent. I never call myself a bereaved parent. And I asked her what she does call herself, and she didn't have a specific term, but I thought it was beautiful that she didn't want to use that term because it is a really sad term. And it's and like so a life I, sentence, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And it's a, it's if you look it up, it's one of the saddest, the saddest words in the dictionary, obviously. So what else to call ourselves? So um, Irene and I spoke about it, and then Irene got in touch with you, and you started the process of meditating and deciding what we should be calling ourselves, what our kids want us to call ourselves. And um, I think it's important for you to explain or me to explain what the what the shining light is. Um, I, can, I would love to. Uh, okay. First of all, I think it was funny if anybody had been listening in on our conversations. We were coming up with names like spirit parent, you know, <laughs> parent and spirit. And I thought, and I thought this isn't going to work because people won't know that parent. it's not the parent, you know. But uh, <laughs> yeah. but what my team, Sanaya, showed me, my guides, they said, hey, you and Ty are gold star parents. That means that our daughter, Susan, passed on active duty in the military. And people had to be educated what it means to be a gold star parent. And it's it's something to be, to, to it's an honor. It's something nobody wants, but it's, it's something that we're proud to tell people and we display a flag with this logo on it. And so when Sanaya said, call them shining light parents instead of bereaved parents, I realized that well, we can educate people what that means, and it has this really great meaning in that at first when your child passes, they are your shining light. They are the ones that keep us moving forward, that that hope that their light is still shining, and it is. But then as we come to know this in our heart, we slowly come out of our bereavement, and there's no speed at which this happens. It's different for everyone. But soon we realize that our light is starting to shine again. It never goes out completely, but it comes up, and then slowly we start to notice that now we're shining lights for those who are newly bereaved. So at first it's the kids who are the shining light, and then we become these models for other parents, just like the members of of your meetings, of your group, Elizabeth. So it's a process, and the kids are always the shining light. So we're shining light parents. So those who can't claim that term at first, of course you're bereaved. You're a bereaved parent. But so would you read your – you just recently changed the uh, the statement on the home page. 
to add, incorporate that, right? Yes, we did in terms of our logo. So it, we used to say, helping parents heal a safe place for bereaved parents and their families. We have changed that since because of this beautiful term that Suzanne came up with and the kids and Sanayal came up with. It's now sharing the journey from bereaved to shining light parent. And I think that that says it all. I also, I just want to say one other thing very quickly about shining light parents. I truly believe that when our light, when we allow our kids to shine through us, that we actually are more beautiful and more vibrant than we ever were before, even before they pass, because their light shines through us. We are, we glow with this beautiful, um, this beautiful light of our kids that people see. And I, I, can, I can see a shining light parent pretty easily now because of the fact that I see the light of their kids shining inside of them. Um, and yeah. I'm sure that you're able to do that as well. I am, but, but only after they've um, processed this a while, because I can feel oh, yeah. right now some oh, yeah. people who are listening, I know that's what you're talking about, who are just thinking that you're absolutely out of your mind, and some probably <laughs> even a bit angry at the way we're talking about this subject. And uh, So what I'm sure you have some stories of parents who you've seen go through this transition as a result of being part of your wonderful support yes, group. Definitely. And, you know, one of the best examples, and she's a very close friend, and I know she wouldn't mind me talking about this, is Leanne Hall, who is one of your guests. She's an yes. amazing, inspiring woman, and she is definitely a shining light parent. But the first two years that she came to Helping Parents Heal, she came kicking and screaming. She kind of talked about that. It was hard with her religious background to be able to kind of open herself up to this, but she'd already been to see Suzanne Wilson, had been able to know that she was helped by a psychic medium, but this kind of stuff was still way out there for her. Um, (laughs) Even when that term shining light parent actually started to be used in um, helping parents heal, uh, she she had a very hard time with that because... um, she didn't feel like it, and, and it's true, it doesn't necessarily identify everyone in this group. It's something that we are all working towards. But um, there was a point that I could see physically and emotionally that that light just went off. <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, I am now a shining white parent. I am definitely a shining white parent. And... I think that it was a huge emotional transformation for her, and I, um, I, I think that it, 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 there's no, there's no timeline on this, and not everybody ever even has to become a shining light parent if you're a part of helping parents heal. We, we don't expect that. You know, but this is the beauty of your organization. Unlike other bereavement groups, where they don't have this belief in the afterlife or you can't openly talk about it. With your group, people walk in and what they feel is hope. And this is the Messages of Hope program because it's based on the fact that that we know that life goes on. And so they look around and they may come in and they may be angry that these people are happy. How dare you be happy? Don't you understand? I'm in the worst place I've ever been in my life. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be part of this. But something inside says, 
I want what they have. You mean I'm not going to be stuck in this hell forever? And that's the beauty of your organization. It gives people hope. Well, and I think the most important thing to understand is that when you become a bereaved parent, when you have a child transition, everyone around you is going to tell you you can never heal from the passing of a child. I heard that over and over and over again. I think that the important thing for your listeners to know is that you can heal from the passing of a child, and you can actually have tons of magic, tons of amazing things happen in in your life and definitely experience joy again. May I interrupt you a second? Because I, I can hear... Some people, when you said that, I can hear them saying, I don't want to heal because it's like Leanne when her son passed. She thought the depth of her grief was equal to the depth of her love and that if she didn't grieve for Andy, that would mean she didn't love him. And I want to tell people who are listening, healing doesn't mean you didn't hurt. Healing doesn't mean you don't miss them. It doesn't mean that at all. You want to expand on that, Elizabeth? Yes, definitely. I think that the most important thing to know is that our kids want us to be happy more than anything in the world. They are happy, healthy, and whole, and they are home. We're still in school. We're still learning things. That's why we're still here. So we're going through our lives, and I feel that anything that I can do for anyone else is improving my karma a little bit. Um, not that I feel that that's necessary for everyone to do it all, but I, I do believe that our kids are like fathers in a, just after kids have been born and they're looking in the, um, in the nursery ward and they're seeing the babies in the nursery ward and they're standing outside saying, hey, that's my son, that's my daughter. And our kids are up there and they're all saying, that's my mom. That's my dad. Look what they're doing, and look how well they're doing. And they they are. They're holding our hands as we're going through this process. And if we and if we're open to feeling that the hand holding, the hugging, then will it's so much easier to move forward because we realize that this is what they want us to do. They don't want us to be unhappy. Amen. And on your website, you have a page, the Silver Lining List. Do you want to tell us about that? The Silver Lining List, yeah. Well, you know, in terms of, um, let's see, um, I'm trying to see where it is. But it's helpingparentheal.org slash Silver Lining List. It's not visible, I don't think, unless I can find it. I have to see if it's on the resources. I know we have it, and it's possible to post the link, and I could post it to your, or you could have it posted. But the Silver Lining List is an amazing list that was put together by Marla Grant and Amy Deal um, in our Tampa group. And what it is is that they asked all of the parents who are a part of their group, and they have a fairly large group in Tampa, to tell what the, um, obviously there are a lot of things that happen that are negative when we have a child pass. What has happened in our lives that are positive? And what have we learned from this journey? And some of the things that they, uh, that they wrote, that the parents wrote, are just incredibly beautifully uh, beautiful and insightful, and so I'm trying to see how I found to it, get Elizabeth. To it, it's you found may it. I okay. Yeah, it's it's helpingparentsheal.org forward slash 
silver-lining-list. Okay, okay, good. Yeah. And, and it goes into five different categories or three different categories of how these silver shining light parents found that their lives were actually had a silver lining because of as a result of a passing, if you can even imagine that. And their lives were improved in the areas of faith, connection with others, and then in one category, self-awareness, sense of purpose and personal growth. Yeah. And and. You, you it, might think, how could you possibly list. feel better after the loss of a child? It's, it's, it's apples and oranges. You're not feeling better because they passed. You've made something positive happen as a result of. Yeah. And I, I think that it's important to realize that, um, even, even Lynn Hollahan, who spoke to you and who was on the boat with us, will say that when Devin passed very soon after he passed, and this was when they were still looking for him in the river. She was waking up every morning and thinking, wow, what signs are you going to send me today, Devin? Which sounds crazy. Instead of waking up and feeling devastated that he wasn't physically with her, um, she was excited about this new part of the journey. And not that we would ever trade this for anything in the world. If we could be with our kids, Physically, none of this would, you know, of course we would trade it in a heartbeat. But to be able to understand that it's not all bad and that there are silver silver linings, as Marla and Amy were so good to put together in this list, is very important. Yeah. So I like that you, you've used the term before that this is a journey people are on. And the beautiful part of you starting this organization is that people no longer have to walk it alone. The the moment I meet any parent who has a child on the other side, I immediately tell them about helping parents heal. And I love that you don't have to have an affiliate group near you now with the online group bringing in guest speakers and Facebook allowing people to chat. It's just using technology to such an advantage. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, even, uh, for instance, now I know that Jason, who is our uh, Mississippi, Louisiana affiliate leader, he's going to start holding Zoom meetings because he's able to have a lot more people in those meetings. Uh, Sherry Pearl does that in New York. She lives in Manhattan, and it's easier to just hold that Zoom meeting. She has physical meetings as well. I think that the, a lot of the Madison group with Mary Burton also does that. She has that Zoom meeting as well. I think that it's um, a really great way now that we have all this technology yeah. to be able to allow more people into the meetings. Perfect. Well, we're coming down to the 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 end of the program here, but I want to encourage people to those of you listening to to. If you are a Shining Light parent or if you know anybody with a child on the other side, send them to the HelpingParentsHeal.org website and just start reading the newsletters. They are they are so packed with the magic of the connection with the other side. Every one of them written by our wonderful guest today, Elizabeth. You are truly <laughs> an angel in human form. Well, thank you. And I just want to say really quickly, the newsletters are actually archived on the on the website. So you can right. just click on one of the links there and it'll take you to all of them that have been written. But I didn't write them. I have to just tell you, 
I just compile them. I'm the editor. I do write a few things in there, but most of the, the things that are written are by all of our parents and certainly put together with love by our kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, anybody who's ever put together a newsletter knows the amount of time and effort that goes into that, and your love just radiates off the page. So what's ahead for Helping Parents Heal? So, good question. Well, we do have, um, obviously, this conference coming up. Um, since that last conference uh, in April um, of this year, we have had, I would say, six new affiliate groups come online. We have a whole bunch that are lined up uh, to come online as well. Um, a lot of the parents who came to the conference were inspired to become uh, affiliate leaders themselves, and that's very exciting. Marla and Amy, who I, we spoke of earlier, um, whom, whom we did, um, they are our affiliate directors, and so they're uh, making sure that everybody knows uh, the ropes and helping them out with it. But no matter what, um, the most important thing to know about Helping Parents Heal is that any meeting that you'll go to any anywhere in the country or the ones that you attend online are meant to be uplifting. You should never, ever come away from one of those meetings feeling sadder than you did when you went and Hopefully, you take away really important and helpful tools to be able to help you heal. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. I hope those of you listening take away an open heart, excitement, and joy at, at knowing that there are groups out there of other people who know what we know, that those who passed are still very much with us. Thank you, Elizabeth. Thank you, Suzanne. Thank you for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Do you want to deepen your connection to the divine, speed up your progress on the spiritual path, then tune in to the Spirit Matters podcast. I'm the host, Philip Goldberg, and I interview experts with wisdom, insight, and practical guidance for every seeker of truth. Spirit Matters on the mindbodyspirit.fm network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.